Yeah, fresh water. Yes, sir. Right. Take your Bible to Psalms chapter 122. Psalms chapter 122 this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whatever time it is. I want to know if you would pray with me for a guy that uh, needs to uh, that I know that his name is uh, Ty. I'd like to pray that you'd pray that he'd get saved. I'd like to witness to him here shortly. And uh, I ask you to pray for him. And then another family. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name because it's Polish. But I know it ends with ski. (laughs) But uh, if you pray for him also, his name is Joe. Take your Bible to uh, Psalms chapter 122 and verse 1, verse 6. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and they shall prosper that love thee. Our study this evening, oh, let me pray first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to be here, and uh, we thank you for a nice warm place to meet great fellowship and I just pray that your presence will be amongst us and that we can feel your spirit here we ask you to open our hearts to hear and give me a voice to speak from this word tonight and I pray that you'd be with us amen our study this evening can you hear me uh, Debbie don't usually hear me, but I'm glad that you can hear me. <clears throat> Our study this evening is based on uh, current events, uh, that being Israel. And uh, if you've been watching the news, the uh, media and the politicians have been pushing the narrative that they are the experts and arbiters of what's right for Israel. Uh, But we know that's, we know without a shadow of doubt that uh, that's not true. The Lord's in control of this situation. He knows what's going on. And uh, it's all in his hands. Now, in America, there's growing a sentiment amongst certain factions that Israel is the aggressor and the villain in this conflict. A growing group of activists that are well organized and financed. And it seems that that's not a coincidence with all the flood of people coming across our borders. All of a sudden we got all these people organizing and stuff against Israel, anti-Semitism and that. And uh, if I was Satan and I wanted to destroy America, this is exactly how I would do it. Bring a lot of people that have, don't know America, don't have our values, don't have our morals, bring them in and dilute what we believe in. And uh, they are trying to influence change in American policy and, uh, against Israel. Now this is very dangerous to our country, for America, knowing that God has richly blessed our nation. And uh, 
America is a, a light, uh, a shining light on a hill. There never was a, if you have studied history, there never was in the history of man a nation like America self-governing. Never was. Now there's many because of the light of what America was and how God blessed America. Now it's a, but we know it's a promise of God in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And see, it's talking about Christ right there. All families are blessed because of Christ. But uh, if our nation continues to bless and follow and back Israel, God will bless us. Now, we know that America is not mentioned in the scriptures or the end time scenario. And uh, could it be that God will take his hand off our nation? If we're not careful and steadfast, God could refuse the blessings that he's promised. In my heart, it is in my heart tonight to speak on this subject, our special relationship with Israel. Now, we have a lot of things in common with Israel. There's a lot of things you might not know of or have maybe hadn't thought about, but there's a lot of things as Christians and as the church that we have in common that binds us together with Israel and the, and the people there. Number one, we share the word of God. They use this, the New Testament speaks of the new covenant that we have through Christ. However, the Old Testament, which the Jews hold to be true, is not invalidated to us because we have a New Testament. Someone said that Christ is prophesied in over 400 times in the Old Testament, and many of those, we know that Jesus said, I come... I came to fulfill the law. He fulfilled many of those prophecies, and there's some yet to be fulfilled that Christ was given about Christ in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, Jesus quotes the Old Testament and given it, it validates the Old Testament when Jesus quotes it as truth, which he did 40 Somebody said, for, I didn't look it up and count it myself. I'm just relying on somebody else. But somebody said 49 times he, sometimes he said the same things in different books, but 49 times he quoted the Old Testament and validated that the Old Testament is truth and to be followed. Now, 
the Old Testament still stands, we believe that the Jews are blinded to the fact that the Old Testament leads us to the cross as we look back to the cross. But the Old Testament, as it is, stands and it binds us to the Jewish people because we read the same word of God. Although they don't believe the Old New Testament, we share the Old Testament. We share a common nature. In Psalms 52 and verse 51 and verse 2, speaking of David, after he's sinned against, did all the terrible things he did, David says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, and thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, in sin did my mother conceive me. The, the Jews in the Old Testament had a sin nature, didn't they? They were sinners. You know, we are too. In the fact that our sin is against God. And it says in Romans 3, 9, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. For it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. So number one, we read the same Bible, the Old Testament, and number two, we're all sinners. They're sinners. And no, the whole world's sin, but the point that I'm trying to make is they agree and we agree our sin is against God and against him. And so when we look, of course, now the Jewish people are atheists. They deny that there's a God. They're, you know, and they, they just don't believe it. They're so far away from God. But they are sinners against God. They've broken God's law as we have. So, number one, they read the same Bible, Old Testament. And number two, they know that they have sinned against God as we, as we know. Now, number three... Not only do we share the same Bible and we share the same sin nature, but we share the same God. Now, Deuteronomy 14, 2 says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. Now, the word Lord there is all capital letters. It means Jehovah, Jehovah God, thy God. Now, the Jews don't believe in Christ as the Son of God. Or in the Holy Spirit, there are monotheistic. In fact, they believe that there's only, there's only one God. As we believe that there's one God, but in three parts. In Trinity, we believe that. But yet, they believe in God the Father. Right? But as we believe in the God the Son and the God the Holy Spirit. So they pray whether mistakenly or 
honestly to the same God that we pray to. You all agree with me there? I'm worried about Larry. I'm thinking maybe he's... <clears throat> I'm just... He had his bowed, head bowed there. I thought I was sleeping. So, number one, we pay the same Bible. We've sinned against the same God. We have... We've, we worship the same God, but as I say, we have the Trinity. And number four, we have the same common, share a common faith for righteousness. Now we know that the Jews, many think, you, got, you know, as uh, Peter and Paul and people in the New Testament had to fight the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees over this issue of keeping the law. But in Genesis 15, talk, speaking about Abraham, or Abram at that time, and Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, speaking about he had, here he's getting old, and God had promised him a, a son. Now he had Ishmael, but he hadn't had Isaac yet. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Thou, this shall not be thine hair, speaking of Ishmael, and, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels, and shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. Now look what it says in verse 6. It said, and he believed in the Lord. And, and so that means he had faith that God would keep his promise. That's faith. Because of that faith that Abraham had that he would keep his promise. And look what God says. And he counted it to him, Abraham, for righteousness. So that means that Abraham was, became one of God's people, uh, became a, uh, saved because God had imputed to him righteousness because of his faith. Now, in Romans 10, 10, uh, speaking to the church, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord, notice that, it's the same Lord overall, Jew and Greek, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whoso shall ever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? What? Saved. In other words, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us because of faith. So we see here in the Old Testament, even though they get off on that, Abraham was made righteous because of his faith in what God would do. Our faith is in what God did. 
through Jesus Christ on the cross. So we have a common uh, faith of righteousness from Abraham and through the Jewish culture, if they read, the, you know, had the same faith as Abraham, and many of them did, until the cross, and then we look back, because our, our salvation comes, uh, or the righteousness is imputed to us through our faith, or believing what Christ did for us on the cross. Amen? You you there? All right. <clears throat> number five. So number one, we all have the same what? Word of God. Number two, we're all sin sin sinners. <laughs> number three, we share the same God. Number four, we share a common faith for righteousness, right? You don't have to wake up now because I'm going to do this all the way through here. So I want you to memorize these. Number five. We have the same heritage. Now we have the, there's three, they're called the Abrahamic religions. And three religions come from Abraham. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Now, I'm not going to talk about Islam. I'm going to talk about Judaism and Christianity. We have the same heritage. Judaism is a national and religious identity for the Jews. They don't follow it today, but at one time they did. And they believed that, you know, he had to, even though the Bible taught that they had to have faith, they went into this, you know, the law and all that. And they were chosen by God. Now look, in Genesis chapter 12 <clears throat> and verse 1, I'm giving, usually I don't have as much scripture, but I'm using a lot of scripture tonight. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And uh, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy, thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee, as we said well ago, and thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, <clears throat> Jews, all Jewish people came from Abraham. Now there was, you know, probably millions of people lived on the earth. But Abraham was the founder and the beginning of the Jews as far as their identity as a nation and there's their identity as a religious community. You get that? Now, Take your Bible and turn to uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 28 
Now remember that Jews came from Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So Abraham, uh, from Abraham came the nation of Israel, the, the identity that as a nation, also a spiritual identity for the Jew. In verse 28 in Romans chapter 2, it says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. <clears throat> Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. That means you're separating from ungodliness. And not of in the letter, which whose praise is not of men, but of God. You know what that means? You're all half Jew. Because you're one spiritually. You know that? Now y'all are going to go out and be car salesmen now. And <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just trying to get you to wake up. But we're all Jewish in the fact that we're one spiritually because we are identifying with Abraham because Abraham, uh, the Jewish spiritual culture came from Abraham. Abraham was uh, deemed righteous because of his faith in God. And so we've come from that so we are, share a common spiritual identity with the Jews because we are a Jew on the inside, not what we are on the outside. <clears throat> that makes sense? Is this water good? Is it good? All right. I didn't want to drink the pastor's water from Sunday. I did that one time. Boy, that was kind of nasty. Uh, I heard uh, Brother House tell a joke, one, not a joke, but one time he preached at a Methodist church and he reached down and it's his story. I didn't see him do it, but this story. And he drank this thing of water and everybody in the Methodist church, <gasps> he, he drank the baptismal water, he said, because <laughs> they sprinkle, you know. So, number one, we are share the same Bible in the Old Testament. You agree with that? Number two, we have the same nature. We have a sin nature. Number three is we have they share the same God. They God the Father, although they don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God or the Holy Spirit, even though many times in the Old Testament it talks about the Spirit came upon people. Number four, we share the same faithful righteousness as Abraham, who was the founder of the identity of the as Jews as a nation and as a religious community. Number five, we have the same heritage. Number six, Now, this is five. Did I do five? I guess I did, didn't I? Number five, number six, we have the same purpose. 
Now, why did God choose the Jews? Why did he pick this small nation and to put his hand of blessing upon this nation and deal with this one nation? Why did God do that? What was the purpose in that? It, the purpose is that to show all other nations what God could do for them, what he was doing for the Jews. It was a light. It says in Psalms 119 and 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. One, verse uh, one, 1 for 30 says basically the same thing, but I didn't copy it right. So the, the Jews were supposed to be a light to all nations of what God could do for them. What God did for them, <clears throat> the Jews, he could do for everybody else. Now in, look in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed as unto a light that sinneth in a dark place until the day is dawn. We're light in a dark place. And then Matthew 5, 14 says, ye are the light of the world. So we have a common purpose with the Jews because God chose the Jews to be a light in a dark world. And when people didn't know about God, God chose this small little country so God could prove himself to them so the world would see. And that's what Christians are. We're a light in a time of darkness. And so when we look at the Jews, we see that we have the same purpose as they do. In Numbers 7, I think. Okay. We share the same what? Word of? Word of what? Word of God, right? We have the same Nature, right? Well, you guys are. You know, I always thought the pastor was just goofing around when he said he felt like the church was dead, but now I understand. He had the same purpose, same God. We share a common faith. We have the same heritage. We have the same purpose. We also have the same promises. Now, all the promises since Jesus validated the Old Testament, that the Old Testament is good for us, that the same promises that God gave the Jews are the same promises that we have for us. It says in 1 Kings 8 and verse uh, 56, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto the people of Israel according to all that he promised. And there hath not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. So as you read through the Bible and you see a promise in the Old Testament, it's the same promise in the word of God that the Jews could claim, we can claim. So we have a shared promise from God with this, the Jewish people that we, if we claim it as they could claim it, 
And so we're bound to them, and we share these things with them. The next is, and this is fascinating, I think, we share the same failures. How many times have you read the Old Testament and uh, hear God revealed himself to him so many times, so many victories and so many miracles that the Jews witnessed, but just in a short period of time, they could turn their back upon God just like that. Remember uh, how Moses hit the water with a rod and the water parted and it was all up on each side and the Jews went over and dry ground and they got on the other side and then the uh, Pharaoh said, man, that looks like I could do that. So he runs in, and what happens? Their wheels fall off, the water comes down, drowns them off. It's a miracle, wasn't it? So they go out in the wilderness. After all that God done, they was without water a couple of days. They got thirsty, and they started complaining against God. Wow, man, we had water back there in Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. Remember, they went to that well, and the water was poisoned. <clears throat> And the water was poisoned, and the people drank it, and they began to curse Moses and began to gripe and complain. I know none of you ever do that. They began to gripe and complain against Moses, the leader. Have you ever griped against the leader that God put in front of you? I know nobody in here would do that. And that's what they did to Moses. After they saw him do all that stuff, and so, you know what Jesus, or Moses did? He took a stick, which represents the cross, and he hit the water, threw the stick into the water, and made the waters whole and, and, and good. You know what? How many of you here, of us here, are like Paul in uh, Romans chapter 7? Things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. You ever been like that? You come to church and then during the week you just, all of a sudden, something, you forget everything that God's done for you. Remember all the blessings and all the great things that God has directed in your path. And we forget that, don't we? We're just like the Jews. We have that in common. We forget the blessings that God puts in our life. We have that in common. We share that, don't we? <clears throat> I'm disappointed in you, uh, Glenn. You're not even shaking your head or smiling or anything. I just worried about you. We share the same failures. Now, But the only thing is, we share the same forgiveness. How many times when the Jews did, oh, they just go nuts and turn completely. I mean, here God was feeding them manna, miraculously, 
by miracle, he'd feed them manna and, uh, and whatever else. They got tired of that, and they began to say, man, I wish I had those onions back there in Egypt. Who in the world would want to eat an onion or lentils? I mean, I guess that means a vegan diet or something like that. Who in the world would want to be a vegan? Any vegans here? My son-in-law is a vegan. And... uh, We see here, it says in Psalms 103 and verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. In John 1.9 it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if, if the Jews as a nation, as a people, would get on their knees and say, God, I know I'm wrong. And I know that I'm completely going the wrong direction. God forgive them, wouldn't he? You know what? God do that, does that to us, too. No matter how far away from God we get, God is ready, ready to bring us back. And bring us back where he wants us to be. Aren't you glad for that? The last one is. Is we have the same future. Now I know that in the end times. The. uh, Now. We're in a parenthesis. God's no longer dealing with the Jews. When Jesus was resurrected from the grave, okay, God quit dealing with the Jews. He don't deal with them now. He's dealing with the church. And this is a period. We don't know how long it lasts, but it'll last however long God wants it to last. But he's not dealing with the Jews now. He's dealing with us. Now, the next thing happened, the rapture is going to come and people in the grave will rise up and all of us that are saved will meet Christ in the air and go on to heaven. Christ doesn't come to the earth but we meet him in the air and we go on to heaven. But everybody that's left on the earth will be a seven years of tribulation and the first three and a half years won't be too bad. The Antichrist will reveal himself and then in the middle of the tribulation period, the Antichrist will go into the Holy Holies and sacrifice a pig on it or whatever and be abomination to the Jews, and the Jews will see the Antichrist for who he is. And then a uh, uh, couple of witnesses will come. Uh, some people say it's Moses and Elijah or Enoch and Elijah. And then 144 witness, Jewish witnesses will go around testifying that Jesus was God. It would be a great revival amongst the Jews. At the end of the seven years, the Lord returns upon the earth. There's a battle that takes place in there somewhere. And he will reign upon the earth. 
and the Jews that were saved will be with us. And then for a thousand years, we'll be on the earth, and, and then there'll be another battle, and then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and those Jews that were saved and put their faith in Christ has the same future as we do. So we have a lot in common with the Jewish people in the spiritual realm. And we need to, as the Bible says in verse 6 of Psalms 122, pray for Jerusalem because it's important to God. And, and not only, I mean, we shouldn't be selfish about it. We shouldn't just say, do it because it helps us. But we should love those people as God loves those people. As because we have so much in common with them. So when we see the Jewish people denigrated and put down, and made to look like an angry mob. Isn't it funny? Here on October 7th, you know, you know what I have been imagining? I can't get it out of my mind. And it just causes me to get emotional. What if my three grandkids was there and had to live through that? what kids lived through October 7th. I mean, I think about that. It tears me up. Those people, we have a, a lot in common with them. So we need to support them. We need to love them. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that our country will be steadfast in its support for Israel so God doesn't take his hand of blessing off of our nation, off the church, off our families, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren that I will never see. It scares me. Does it scare you? It does. It scares me. Me and Debbie talk about it quite a bit. That's why the church is so important. The church is so important because it's through the church we learn these things and why it's so important to support Israel and have God's blessings upon us. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Emma, would you raise your hand right now and say, Brother Jerry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it upon myself to pray for Jerusalem and pray for Israel and pray for those people who are, we are bound to. Would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'll, I'll pray. I'll pray for that.
Let's all stand. If we can have a little music here, please. I'm doing this because I think, I tell you what, I'm made up with this. I've been thinking about this for three or four weeks. I just couldn't get out of my mind. If you raised your hand when she plays the music, would you come down to this altar and say, Lord, I want to pray for Jerusalem. I want to love Israel. Would you come? great reminder to us yes it's current it's history history is so important and uh, this Bible here is his story and it's all about him and of course Israel and yes we need to pray for for that country tonight and for the people I can't help but remembering some of you will remember the old Jewish man named Jacob Gardenhouse I can still hear him giving his testimony. Saved. He started the Jewish mission over here in Chattanooga. But I remember one time him talking about, I thank God for America. He kept saying that. I thank the Lord for America and that dialect he had. Because we helped his homeland. May we do the same. May we pray for our own country today. Thank you, brother. Yes, much in common with him. And uh, when you see a Jew get saved, he's saved. She's saved. You can see a difference. Let's pray for one another. Again, pray for the request. Pray for a pastor as he's away here for a couple days and come back safely. Let's look forward to the Lord's day, and we'll thank you for it. Father, again, we thank you for the message, and thank you for the messenger. Thank you, Lord, for this word of God that we have that we can study and see the life of Israel. And yes, we need to see how we are in the part of that history even today in modern days. I pray, Lord, for Israel. Pray, Lord, for the people. Pray for the, uh, the leaders there. Protect them, I pray, dear Father. Unless, as he mentioned, there are Americans there. 
been involved with this conflict. Help them and many others there. Now, Lord, guide us and direct us. Keep us safe, Lord, on the roads. Bring us back here at the next appointed time. We thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. God bless you.